What is the meaning of life? <laughs> it's moon. I appreciate the artist. Thank you for sharing your work with us. Yes, sir. We're doing it again. I'm back, y'all. Talking back to the teacher. And my guest today, I have an artist. A true artist from the class of 2020 Lake Highlands. Senior year interrupted by a freaking pandemic. But, you know, it's all good. That actually wasn't a bad thing. So we dive into a world in which I have never really felt that equipped to discuss. That's why I bring on somebody who has a true passion for it. So y'all, my guest this week is Miss Lily Falk. And I know you're going to absolutely enjoy this. We talk about um, how to thrive in a pandemic, how art is interwoven (laughs) at her core. How art speaks to her. She talks about her creative process and how she's able to take a vision and put it on a canvas, um, the spiritual connection to it. It's beautiful, it's amazing. We dive into the teachers that were really instrumental in allowing her to really thrive and be successful. For this episode, the artist, Lily Falk. Now is your time to talk back to the teacher. I. I don't even think I had you in class, right? No, no. no I I think you were making the transition to a counseling position. Yeah. So I I I switched and I was like, okay. And then I think the only time I even really had like just a one-on-one conversation with you was, I know you mostly through looking at the art that you post Mm -hmm. and um, Instagram. And I'm just like, kind of intrigued yeah so i'm just i'm like really intrigued as to like what you got popping and and what's going on with you and 2020 y'all had covid graduation yeah okay Uh so your graduation wasn't like a real graduation you guys had the stages on the football field yeah i kind of liked that though i'm not gonna lie yeah i did That's, well, you I, know what? That's good. If that works yeah. for you, that's fine. Only reason I didn't like it is because the temperature on the field was like 124 degrees. Well, we only had to stand there for like 20, 30 minutes, yeah. you know, and we didn't have to sit through everybody's name and we just kind of walked up, went through, left. I think I was there for six hours, but they had it through the heat of the day and there was, yeah. it was just absolutely brutal that sun was unrelenting (laughs) okay 2020 graduate first question is after graduation in your head what was your next course of action after graduating high school so because it was like 2020 and things were still kind of up in the air about what was going on Mm -hmm. i'd kind of committed to unt And I was going to go to art school because that was what I was most confident in Uh doing. And I mean, it was kind of like it was an adjustment because I was promised by a lot of older people. Okay, you know, when you go into college, this is going to be where you meet all your friends. This is going to be like where your where your life begins, where you get to be out of the house and you get to party and you just have some independence and learn through that. And it was a completely different freshman year for me. We were quarantined in the dorms. Everybody had to have a mask on all the time. For me, I'm pretty introverted, so I was kind of okay with it. I was just like, 
this is what we're going through. And I think I spent most of that time out of school feeling really grateful that we got to be in the spring. Like, because most of the time we were in school and like in a building all day. Yep. And to be able to experience like outside when it was beautiful. And during that time, I had a horse and I was at um, the barn every day and loving, like just kind of loving that time to be with her. So you you were able to embrace the shutdown or the this is life right now as we know it. Like that kind of played into some of the things you really liked. So it kept you outside, kept you at the barn with your horse. It didn't force you to be extremely extroverted or anything like it wasn't as bad for you is that, is that what you're saying yeah it, it definitely it kept me in my comfort zone I, i'm really grateful that it was like that for my experience but i'm also there were a lot of other people who it really affected their livelihoods their jobs and careers and health i mean coming fresh out of high school for me it was like all right we're, we're getting out of senior year early i don't have to worry about going to prom i can just leave because I was pretty done with high school. So you mentioned high school. Let me ask you this. When it comes to high school and art teachers, did you have course like educators that you felt were really understood the kind of art you wanted to make and, and you were able to really excel in art-based classes? Or was this something that you had to purely pursue like on your own outside of school? Miss Tina Walker. Miss Walker. Yes. Yeah. She, uh, <laughs> she like was my my school mom i would eat lunch in her class i would stay after school like we would stay after school till it was dark and like they were like closing the doors (laughs) um yeah she was like my my safe space there always encouraged me to push past any type of comfort zone Mm -hmm. and really explore she taught me so much by actually like putting her hands on my work and me just watching her so That's how I learned a lot in high school, watching her techniques and, and talking with her, just talking about her experiences. Uh, She would be an awesome person to get on this podcast. (laughs) Um, But yeah, she's got so many cool stories and she cares about every student. High school without her would have been really depressing. I, I guess in my 10 years at Lake Highlands, I've never heard a negative word spoken about Miss um, Walker. Um, there's not a single student that I know of that was like, oh, I didn't like her. Like, they all loved her and loved the kind of input that she had in her class. What she did for other students, I think that was, it was very, very well known. Yeah. Um, that is, that is, see, I love it when students connect with teachers. Because there's oft, oftentimes, I think I find students that just, once they graduate, they're just like, oh, thank goodness I'm out of there. And, and it doesn't feel like they're ever going to miss a single adult from those four years. And I was like, well, what a great four years that could have been if there were ones you were connecting with. So I think that's great. Uh, shout right. out to Ms. Walker. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. Well, she, uh, she actually reached out to me uh, a couple months ago mm-hmm. and we were planning to meet up, but it kind of fell through, but we're going to. We're going to meet up again, but she helped me, uh, encouraged me to like think about going back to school because right now I've been taking the semester off and I've been really like liking the time off and working and um, was kind of on the fence if like 
art school is something I would want to go back to. And she was like, finish the degree because you're going to look back and you're going to be like, why didn't I complete that when I had the time? Yeah. And so, yeah, okay. she's still guiding me through. I mean, she's a wise one. And it sounds like she's got some expertise in your field. <laughs> what is your favorite type of art to create? And I'm like a novice. I have very, very little art experience. I don't have a lot of art knowledge. I don't even know if the, the words that will come out of my mouth are like offensive to an artist. I know there's multiple kinds of art. One of my favorite students recently just transferred from SMU to Savannah College of Art and Design. And I was like, that was the original dream. And then SMU mm-hmm. kind of came in the picture. And she's thriving. I think she's always awesome. been thriving. You create. And I see it. I see it on social media. Um, so what is it that you love to create? What I love to create is anything that feels um, like it's spiritually connected. Like it's got some sort of, I can kind of pull it from out of me instead of, oh, I think this would look nice. Does okay. that make sense? Like, it's more of a, I don't really know how this is going to look, mm-hmm. but I'm going to continue with the process and continue with, like, this feeling and see how it goes. Those are my favorites. So you have a really, like, deep or spiritual connection with everything you create. Yes. Everything that I'm, I'm passionate about creating. In high school, I didn't really explore it that much. It was once I got to college... We were doing a lot of pieces that were very traditional. It just wasn't feeding this thing in me. I like to think there's like there's something inside of me that's kind of like a crazy person. And if that can't express itself in some way, then it's going to like drive me crazy, if that makes sense. It kind of like just calms that part of me down to where I can look at something and be like, okay, that expressed itself. I can go live my life now. And I like it because it, everything's different. There was a, a time, not even a time, there's just been like, my mom has always been like, you need to find a style and like, that way you can sell things and get a trusted like monetary income. Like if you made jewelry or you just did like paintings of flowers that like people knew you for, but that bores me because it's not what I think like the soul wants. I like everything to be different. You have something that needs to be fed. There is that connection. It is deeply attached to you. And if you're not intentional about it, you can lose the the connection and and the focus with it. And I think that's a very, very deep and well-rooted passion. And you don't find that in all arts and all crafts. You don't find that in all creative modes of expression. So I think you found something. And and I think one of the things that I always think about artists is that a lot of times they create and there's, like you said, there's not a monetary value attached to it. And so the question is like, how are you able to sustain and survive? Like, how will you live <laughs> if, mm-hmm. you know, you just create to create because that's what you are gifted and you can do. Um, But I know you also do commission pieces as well. Yes. I want to go to back to what you said. It's like, how do you survive? That's where, if you're thinking about it monetarily, 
you might not be able to, but you got to survive in your own way. Right. For me, without that, life would be just kind of there would there would be no like sustenance, no like purpose and no nothing that would feel like I would be living. That's where I'm comfortable doing a job and then doing art just to survive myself. After graduation, you went to school and then you stopped. I'm going back this fall. I only took this semester off. Um, How did you feel your time? Well, beginning of January, I was just taking time to reset. I knew I wanted to like cherish what I was learning. So I kind of took the first two months to reset and I got a job where I'm like, I'm working with younger kids or like three to eight. And so also being around kids, it kind of connected me to like my inner child. It's like the purest part of you. And to be able to be around that was really nice. The next couple of months, I found a hippie art palace on the Denton Square. Yeah, and I just kind of walked in one day. The owner, Denise, she had just opened in November of last year, of 2022. Mm-hmm. The walls were bare. There was really nothing, nothing in there. I started talking with her. was like, hey, if you need any help, like getting things on the wall, you know, somebody get up on the ladder, I can do that. What are you looking to put in here? And she's like, any, any artist's work. And I was like, okay, I'm an artist. I can, I can help you with that. We can help fill up the walls. That's kind of where that began. I started working with her and connecting with more artists that are like local Denton artists. I know connections from school. So I was reaching out people from school we got some people to get their artwork in there and now there's got to be about like 15 15 artists in there it was brought up to me by her nephew if I wanted to be in charge of the social media and marketing like marketing to get people in and I Uh was on board with that for about two months and I was doing that and then I got another job serving tables because I needed the money. It took my time away from the galleries, but that's where I've gotten I've gotten some paintings sold, which has felt really nice. Some commission work through that. It's been good. So presently, you're not employed by the Hippie Art Palace. No, and I haven't been. Okay, is your work still on the wall there? Yes. Yeah. Okay. It is, and I'm working on more right now to get it in there a lot of the complex seeing kind of when you're putting artwork into a store or really anything into a store is like will this sell and then it loses the real passion behind just making it right and i think that's something that i'm struggling with denise is struggling with maybe even like other artists in there are struggling with i'm kind of like i'm just gonna make what i want and if it sells, it sells. If it doesn't, it doesn't. Does it feel like if you make if you're creating something with the intention to sell it, that it takes away from the true essence or passion of why you are creating art? Or is that just part of the artistic kind of culture of where you're at? Like 
if I'm going to take so much of my time and create, obviously it would be nice to be compensated for it, but it doesn't have to be the driving force behind the creative expression that you're putting out there. It's a dual, kind of both of those in a way. It's nice when, you know, you're putting something up in a gallery where you already have the freedom to create what you want to create. It's kind of also how you price it and how the pricing is really tough for me. With commissions, there's a tighter space of somebody wants like a realistic oil painting. That really limits me to make this hyper-realistic off of a picture. And then I get into like perfectionist perfectionist things and then that leads into procrastination and just like genuine unhappiness i can get myself into a groove when i'm in it and then like be like okay okay i like commission work where they give you kind of leeway and it's like in the artist's style and how they want to do it and that gives you additional freedom to just kind of create as you would see fit yeah i like that what is your ideal like surrounding environment when you are in the zone or creating? Like, is there music playing? Uh, is this a, is there a bright room, lamps and, and candles, or, or are we outside with an easel? What's your ideal setting for creating your best work? That's a good question. Every zone is kind of different, but music is a must for me images are so tied together what I like to do the music will affect how I'm feeling and then that will affect what's going on dependent on like what genre of music I'm listening to to me I can see a difference and just in color really like there's some because there's some types of music that I associate with different colors feelings I mean we all get that of like you know, music, it brings out different feelings in you. And then from that feeling, it's like, it's like a sad song. It can kind of get dark or it can kind of get where it's really soft. And it plays off of how I'm using the materials. And I like to use candles. I like fire. I, I love I fire. I as the, as the candle type. I'm a huge fan of fire as well. It's energy that is right there and it's 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 burning and it's real and it feels just amazing to be around i love natural light in a mode where i can actually do it in daylight that natural light is so good but usually i'm a like it's 12 to like three in the morning i'm i'm up really yeah because i can't sleep or it's even if I listen to like the same music that I've been listening to while I'm creating uh-huh. and I listen to that during the day, I'll be like kind of piecing things in my mind of like, okay, this is what I want here. This is what, you know, I want here. And then when I finally get the time at the end of the day and I stop procrastinating and I jump into it, yeah. then it's like, it's like, okay. And that's where I'll spend four or five hours on something at night and not really realize it and like time stops it's the best thing ever but then it kind of screws me up the next day you you mentioned something about colors one of my favorite musicians so musical artists his name is Lecrae and he Mm -hmm. talked about his creative process and how he'll go into a studio and he'll listen to beat 
and every beat that he hears has a color associated. Any beats that he has, and he puts them in folders by color. Mm-hmm. And depending on what he has written that associates with it, like, oh, this is this is 100% blue, or this is yellow. And it, and it didn't make any kind of sense to me, and I watched the interviews, and I watched it again. A friend of mine that used to teach at Lake Highlands, her name was Tanya. She was an art teacher. But mm-hmm. she was like, I understand the colors. That makes so much sense to me. Where my brain and how my thinking process goes, it is not with the artistic. I am a math, logical, sequential person, like all the way. I dreaded an art class with the exception of layouts for yearbook design and Mm -hmm. music, like with orchestra or playing the piano. No, I hear you. So I'm glad you've unlocked that part of yours and it works really well for you. Thank you. Well, and I kind of, I remember in high school, I was always like, why, you know, why is it that like some people, they, they don't feel that they can do art. I think everybody can do art. It's just like, you just gotta kind of figure out what you like. And like, as far as visual arts, but like you do gravitate towards like music. So that's, that's in the arts. And that definitely is that creative outlet. But I was always like, why is it that like I can be good at art and then but it's unacceptable for me to be bad at science or math. So it always just didn't feel fair is a hard word. No, 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 no. I was going to say fair, like skill sets to have to where we can congratulate, be 100 percent in favor of someone who excels in this area. But not in another realm. Like you said, if, if I'm really good at math and science, but I struggle with my writing in language arts, well, oh yeah, but he's really still good with math and science. Whereas if I was a terrible artist, but I excelled anywhere else, no one's going to point out the glaring deficiencies I have when it comes to expressing myself creatively, like creatively. Like my lowest grade I ever earned in junior high school was in an art class and I dreaded it. I remember my teacher's name was Mr. Bach. I could not draw. There was this like shoebox project where inside of a shoebox there's eight things in it and you have to try to draw it like it's a like it's a real 3D type of a drawing. And I was like, there's mm-hmm. no way I can do this. I can barely even draw the box, let alone something else in it. But I had all A's in my other subjects, so it wasn't a, a big deal. Right. Whereas I know I had friends in that class like that grew up and were phenomenal artists, musicians, could play four instruments, literally could freestyle and kind of catch a beat, could think on his toe. Like he was a phen- he was gifted when it came to the arts, but really struggled with reading, really struggled with speaking out loud. Like during presentations, it was almost unbearable because he struggled to kind of put sentences together and he'd fumble over his words. And all of a sudden, like he was written off as if he wasn't going to be able to be successful. By the age of 19, I feel like he had a record deal, already had a career. Meanwhile, I was changing my major in college (laughs) like multiple times. And he already knew what he wanted to do. He knew what he excelled at. And he found a way to make sure it was, you know, he was doing that full time. But he wasn't going to downplay his strengths because they weren't looked at as viable as someone who, you know, got straight A's in physics one and physics two in high school or bossed up on every single lab in chem one and chem two. 
Right. Well, and he probably had to, from that experience, learn early, okay, I need to make the connections. I need to make this happen. That makes sense? Where yes. if yes. you're, you know, you're excelling in school, then school is the next choice for you. It makes the most sense to like, okay, I'm going to go into school and I'm going to figure out what I like. I don't think school is for everybody. I don't think so either. I, I was telling a student today, I was like, I had to have a plumber come to my house and whatever price he told me it was going to be, I was going to pay it because I don't know what I'm doing. So right. someone is an expert somewhere and it took him 45 minutes and I'm pretty sure I paid him $450. And if he would have said it had been $1,000, I'd have been like, oh, that sucks. But <laughs> I have to because I need running water in my house kind of a deal. And, right. and at some point, people have told others who pursue trades like I'm a plumber, I'm a carpenter, I'm an electrician, that it's somehow less valuable than a high school diploma or a college diploma or you need a degree. Like, no, you need a set of skills mm -hmm. and to be good with it. And, and you're phenomenal. Instead of wearing a suit, you wear Dickies and a logo or a, or a company name on a shirt. Please believe me, when something goes wrong, we will call you and we will appreciate the expertise that you have. And it needs Absolutely. to be viewed that way. Not every job requires a college degree. To do what I wanted to do, I knew I needed it. But mm -hmm. I had friends who were like, ah, I don't need college. And they didn't. And once we found what we needed to learn in libraries and books, others found an education in a whole lot of books and not in classrooms. I'm absolutely enamored by the, the artwork that's on your Instagram page. Thank you. I've seen charcoal art. I've seen oil painting and I've seen I've seen things on canvases and then I've seen also pieces that were drawn um, I don't know do you have a favorite medium in which you like to create uh no just to keep it different uh-huh that's that's what I like do you feel like there is something you are more experienced and you've committed more time to a specific style of creativity or art artistic expression that you're like oh yeah i've been doing this for a while i feel like i have grown the most in this area well yes but it's more in like subjects animals used to be what i would make all the time for uh -huh. really anybody if anybody had an animal that had passed away or if it was their birthday or something my mom was like you're gonna make this for them that was kind of what I was used to. And then in high school, I got more into portraiture. For me, it's kind of whatever I, I can do, whatever medium, uh -huh. if I have the skill set to make that subject. Okay. If that makes sense. Right now, I'm working with uh, oil pastels, and I haven't really used those before. So mm -hmm. they're like just little, like they look like crowns, but they're a lot smoother. And I can mix them with oil paint, and I'm learning how to do that. It's been a good time. You mentioned going back to school. Do you know what you're going to major in if you do? It's going to be, it's going to be drawing and painting. So I'm a pre-studio art major right now, becoming a studio art major where I can actually get the degree. Not that you have to have an end game, but what heights do you aspire to achieve with your artwork? How high can you go with art? My goal, I want to create album covers for a musician or musicians. I want Ooh. a guy 
he created the album cover for Miles Davis's Bitches Brew. And I don't know if you know that cover, but it's like, it's beautiful. Like the way it's split in half is like, there's all one side that's like dark. And then the other side is like light and it's got like the ocean, but the way it moves, especially like on a vinyl format, it is just the coolest thing because it's got that connection to the music. Mm-hmm. And so I would like to be able to listen to like somebody's album and then come give me some ideas of, you know, say a subject matter that like I want included or just little things that I can kind of direct me a little bit, but yeah. then let me kind of fill it out. That's the goal. I like how you have a goal. Um, I, I appreciate that. I have seen the uh, Miles Davis Bitches Brew cover. In the middle at the bottom, there's a couple like embracing or holding. Mm-hmm. Am, I, am I picturing the right part? And yes, they're like looking out. Yeah, right. and they're looking out into the ocean. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You talked about specific teacher that was influential in your artwork. Like you said, is, is they put their hands on your art. That was a perfect expression. I, I love the way you said that too. How do you feel school counselors and teachers can best serve and inspire students who are artistically inclined, who are just gifted in that area? What do we do if their parents are like, no, this is just a hobby. It's not going to be a profession because we run into that. Um, That's a good question. For teachers to just not discourage anybody of what they're passionate about. And then to also have those connections in school where kids can find a safe place of connection. Um, I think a lot of it is like maybe there's some teachers that they're passionate about what they teach, but then if a student isn't connecting with them, they might like just immediately disconnect instead of maybe trying to help them. That makes that makes sense. To me, that's kind of where when parents are involved and a student is like, they don't think that this could be a viable option for me. That's where I would hope a teacher would be like, that's the time where I feel like we really need to be able to start making decisions for ourselves to kind of encourage them to rebel a little bit of like, if you want that, like you got to make it happen. You know, Yeah, you got to, you really do have to go after it. That's good. Most of my former students that I'm still in contact with, they all know me as a math teacher, but I think my first year teaching, I realized like, Oh man, as excited as I am to teach kids math, some kids, like walk in day one and they're like hey i've never been really good with math and i'm like oh don't worry about it we'll be fine and normally they are and then sometimes kids struggle through the whole time but i used to always ask every student like hey what is your favorite subject if you dread third period every day algebra one and you've got it blocked for 85 minutes what do you do for fun for students who were taking quizzes tests on the back side of it i'm like hey if you feel like drawing go ahead and draw. If you want to write, go ahead and write a quick two paragraph story. And someone who struggles in my class will then show me something they really, really are strong at. And I see, and I think my second book, I'm just going to have a collection of students artwork. That is so cool. And I love that y'all stay connected. I learned very quickly, like just because you don't excel in, in my class and you don't care how to factor a quadratic equation doesn't mean you don't have a skill set that I find impressive. You show me what you're really passionate about. 
Well, I like that. I like that you give you give the space. I mean, that's exciting to me as somebody who's not very great at math to be able to be like, okay, like I can I can show him what I can do, you know, and that's mm-hmm. there's a, a very good connection there that like you're building with them. My job is not to stifle their creativity or stifle their ability to shine in whatever realm that's going to be in. It's to continue to cultivate it. Final question. Best advice you can give to aspiring artists? Just do what you like to do. Okay. And if other people have things that they would like to share with you of their experience, their perspective, their techniques, be open to it. Because uh, you just don't know what somebody is going to say or what they're going to teach you that will like change the way you do things for the better. I think that's great advice. Thank you for thank you for taking time thank to you. talk back. Thank you for reaching out to me and pulling me in. I really appreciate it. Yeah, this is amazing. I get a lot of anxiety about posting. I, I try to remind myself that I want to make an online gallery. And that's mm-hmm. why I'm doing it. But then there's, you know, a lot of ego that's involved. And there's a part of me that's seeking validation or if not validation, just like, look what I made. Like, you know, yeah. and then there's also a part of me that's just like, I'm just putting it out there and I got to be really serious about it. And so it kind of loses the depths of like the process, I would say. There are some things I like to keep to myself, too. I think that's good. That way people can kind of make their own minds about it. All right, Miss Lily, I thank you for your time. Thank you. That's going to do it for this episode of Talking Back to the Teacher Podcast. I am most appreciative to thank my guest, Miss Lily Falk. You can find her on Instagram at EEP1001X, Lily with one L. She mentioned the Hippie Art Palace, which is located at 227 West Oak Street, Unit 101 in Denton, Texas. I'm so excited for what the future holds for you. Guys, if you love this episode, be sure to like and follow it. Subscribe. You can find this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you listen to your podcasts, it'll be there. Talking back to the teacher podcast on Instagram is where you'll find me. I also hope that you thoroughly enjoyed this. If you want to be a guest, just reach out. Talking back to the teacher podcast at gmail.com. I'll get back to you as quickly as I can and we'll set something up. I appreciate your support. Thank you. Share. Have a friend who's an aspiring artist, somebody with a gift, or inspire someone of the next generation who loves art. Be sure to share this podcast episode, and I'll be back soon with more Talking Back to the Teacher. Be blessed.